on tonight's episode of the podcast. Sean and I are breaking down the tools we use to establish successful family dynamics. And this is something that transforms your everyday lives when it comes to how we interact with work and our hobbies. So we think it's a backbone for what we're doing here on the podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, please don't hesitate to hit that like button and give us a five-star review wherever you're digesting this podcast. And please don't forget to visit our website at howtohobbypodcast.com. That's where you can give us any feedback and your thoughts regarding any of the episodes and content that we put out throughout the 55 episodes that we've been in business here on the platform. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. This is episode 55 and I'm your host, John Power, joined by my lovely co-host, Sean Bennett. We've got some wonderful things planned for this evening. We're going to be breaking down our recent trips. We neglect to say we missed a week last week, but we're here. We're back and ready to take on the world of hobbying with you. We're going to continue to go through our tools. And it's been a real joy to go through these things with Sean. We've done hard tools and soft tools. And tonight we're going to continue with our soft tools series. We're going to be walking through successful family dynamic tools. And we want to set you up for success with regards to maybe things that you could do as you're thinking about having a family or really wherever you are in your journey. So Sean is going to be handling the uh, pre, uh, you're, you're not married yet, Sean, but, uh, and you don't have any kids, correct? but I have both of those things. So I'll handle that side and you'll handle the, uh, the pre-marriage side, the pre-side, the the (laughs) pre-side. So this is good. And I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, episode, but Hey, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing really good this week. Um, coming off a fantastic trip to Montana, uh, and also coming off, this is my last week of the mission trails, uh, trail guide class. So I have my final tonight, uh, tomorrow night. So it's like 60 ish questions. And then we have graduation on Saturday. So this is a, a nice. very busy time of studying and, you know, coming off the trip to Montana, but overall I'm good. I'm feeling good about it. I'm excited to be actually able to get out on the trail and lead some walks. Oh, dude, I can't wait to be the first one to get get in line and get your get your nature walk uh, fix or sorry, get my nature walk fixed through you is what I want to <laughs> do. So, man, I'm I don't actually know if I'll be able to be the first one, but actually, hopefully I'm not the first one, Sean. That, <laughs> that yeah, I know I got I got to do with some people I don't know to get comfortable with it first. But I do definitely want to bring friends and family on some of the walks because I think it would give it a cool dynamic uh in in leading it with the public so we'll 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 set it up we'll make it happen I love it well so we listeners welcome to the show uh thank you for being here we are returning after being gone last week Sean was in uh Missoula Montana and I was in Albuquerque New Mexico so we kind of took a little it just it's perfectly aligned for us to take some time and and recharge a little bit sean let me tell you i i just i gotta let you know right up front i had two of the most amazing sandwiches while i was in albuquerque okay tell me more you 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 would think that it would have been the green chili because that's what everybody was talking about and i had that and my face almost went on fire like that's how hot it was (laughs) um but I did have some amazing sandwiches, and I was so inspired that I actually made my sandwich for lunch tomorrow based on this, based on this recipe. Wait, 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 wait! Coming from the guy who has had the same lunch for how many years? Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I'm you're you're modif- I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm modifying now, Sean. Don't even <laughs> don't even mess. So that, this place this must be real good. This place is called the Sawmill Market. Okay, and uh, so they had this sandwich. I just couldn't believe it. I was I was blown away. Uh, it's it's a roasted turkey salad sandwich, and it had grapes, apples, walnuts, bib lettuce, and grill green chili aioli. 
But the thing was, the turkey was like minced. Everything was like minced into this this Neat. like mushy, it almost like a tuna consistency. Okay. okay. But then it was on a ciabatta bun, and it just was. Oh. oh man, it was like artisan. It was so good. I didn't even get it. That was the thing. Is my my brothers and my mom got it, and I was the one left looking silly taking a bite going that is one of the best sandwiches but maybe that was it maybe that was the key was i just i had the few bites and it was mm-hmm. just decadent but anyway the grapes the pops of i felt like uh the guy from ratatouille uh i forget what his name is um but the main rat yeah. uh he, he just you know he's like comes up with a, he's like oh add this and add this and you see all the pops of color like uh-huh. in your mind that's how i felt with the the walnuts and the grapes and then yeah the savory aspect of the of the turkey and the aioli all coming together and the the ciabatta bun i mean it was just phenomenal which was which was great and then i had another sandwich on our final night that we were there it was laguna world famous burger and i actually mm. got the chicken sandwich and that just had, like, the seasoning was just on on deck. I mean, it was amazing. So, two really solid eating experiences that I wanted to share with the listeners and you, that's, Sean. That's rad. I definitely will have to try those places if I ever make it out to Albuquerque. I didn't have as many good experiences as you did. I had one really good one of a barbecue place in Missoula called the Notorious P.I.G., and I got a huge spread of baked beans, uh, literally half a chicken. It's half a chicken, the breast, the wing, the thigh, the drum, all connected, some brisket and uh, I don't know, uh, some sweet and sour pickles. So it was, it was really, really good. But that was that was kind of the only thing that I really was like loud about out there. Most of it, mm. you know, is a little bit harder, but it's it's also tough coming from san diego i feel like our level of culinary you know ingenuity exactly we're pretty you know high bar out here so i mean to find the tourist pg was was really impressive and it was really good well that's great man and and i mean i don't know i i feel like it really is one of those things you have to kind of you got to seek it out and that's what i love about when you go to these places like albuquerque everybody that i talked to was like why are you going there you know what, what what's there and i well, it was just family. So it leads in perfectly to our talk tonight, which is yeah. successful tools for successful navigation of family dynamics, listeners. And this is something that it sounds silly and and you probably have never heard a podcast on it, but Sean and I are going to we're going to blow the lid right off the top because this is something we need to talk about. It's one of those things and we talked about this with Taylor Peckham when he was on the show with us. There's certain things that just don't get talked about in our world. Mm-hmm. And and we want to start diving into some of these harder things to bridge the gap because Sean and I we're we're explorers. You know, we wanna we wanna cut the path and take new stabs into the realm of possibility with what what we can talk about. And and again, this is such a beautiful form. So we're diving in tonight with with this again, a little bit off the the beaten path you know we're, we're diving into the bushes sean you've you've got your now you can lead me and uh it's perfect so can't wait to meet you out there and on the mission trails yeah um, yeah and and tonight you're gonna blaze forward with with excellent success so before we dive in let's go through our social media you probably have seen it listeners sean and i have been putting more stuff out on instagram we've been inspired uh, to continue pushing our content to you guys. So we're doing a better job. We've been really happy with that. I think we were just talking about it before the show. But we do have a, a few other places and, and better places you can get in touch with us directly. And that's uh, at our Gmail account directly, howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. That goes right into Sean's ears. I mean, he's got the direct link the neuro link right to his head and it's it's amazing so give that a try and he'll be he'll be responding to you in real time as quick uh, as i can <laughs> as quick as i with neuro neuroscience uh we have a website that we're re- very happy about uh howtohobbypodcast.com and 
it's it's something that we are going to continue to fill out. Sean's done a blog post. Uh, I have ideas that have not come to fruition yet, but we want to have gear lists, trip lists, and just some very cool things to get you going that that maybe you're not used to seeing. Or or again, this is just real raw, real. Hey, I use this, and this is why. And and kind of given you know firsthand tips and tricks. That's the idea behind a lot of what we're going to be doing. And then Twitter and Instagram at How to Hobby Podcast. You can see our content there. We're going to be continuing to push into those into the new year here. And oh my goodness, Sean, that it's almost. Are we out of Q1 yet? This is crazy. We're almost there. We are so close to out of Q1. Out of Q1, and this is episode 55. Listeners, do not forget to hit that that five-star review and or follow us wherever you're digesting this podcast content because that's what keeps the lights on here at Platform How to Hobby. I don't want to be walking around in the dark falling onto the tracks. I got I to gotta have lights on in my tunnel system. We got to keep digging. So please let us know how we can do things better. Sean, without further ado, why don't we jump into tonight's content let's just it's gonna be the same format we've been doing with a couple twists we're gonna dive into the keys to success first when it comes to planning your family dynamics and and so sean if you want to lead us off how we how are we gonna dive into our success this evening on this topic yeah so the cool part about how john and i have decided to do this tonight is you know, in the past few episodes, we've been looking at keys to success and successful tools for various aspects of life from different specific hobbies to communication, soft skills. And what's really cool tonight is we're going to bring a lot of that together and and try and show you how you can use those skills in your home life as well. Because you can be successful at work, you can be successful at hobbies, but if you're not successful at home, you're setting yourself up for failure. And so we're going right. to just kick no hobbies. no hobbies. You can't, can't do <laughs> hobbies if, if home life is not good. Let's you just be real. You can't. You, you've got to be able to create that successful home base first. So the the keys to success, though I'm struggling talking tonight, we'll get there. <laughs> keys to success for uh, successful family dynamics is obviously number one, communication. I think that a, a huge thread of everything that John and I talk about tonight is going to be communication, whether it's with you and your parents, you and a spouse, you and your kids, communication is going to be incredibly important to set yourself up to actually have a, a strong base before you can actually implement some of the routines and tools that John and I are going to talk about. And the, the other key is you have to be intentional with this. There has to be an intentionality with your communication. There has to be intentionality with you setting up the boundaries, the tools, everything, you have to be willing to admit, hey, I need to take care of this. This has to be important to me. We're going to push communication and we're going to push intentionality with this. No, it's lovely. And if you don't have those two things up front, it's going to be very hard to do the the two that I'm going to mention, which is patience. And you got to coat everything in this segment that we're going to talk about with a big huge uber dose of love and i'm i'm not again we're doing things different here so when was the last time you walked onto a platform and and somebody was like hey i love you well that's what's happening tonight on the platform how to hobby you gotta you gotta slather it all on now again this is specifically with just your family dynamic that we're talking about tonight but everyone I mean, we should treat everybody with love and respect, and that's you will always hear that from us here. Uh, so this is this is no different. And if you don't remind yourself that that is a huge key to success daily, then you're not going to be happy, and you're not going to be able to hobby. So we got to be happy to hobby, and love is is the key there. So yep. I definitely think, agree. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much. I don't know if we need to really talk. We're gonna talk about how these inner interlink to the tools, but that's the that's the overlying four things that we think are extremely important as you develop your own family dynamics, and we hope these tools help. So let's dive into our childhood tools, and this 
is sort of interesting as well because the way we're looking at these are things that we, Sean and I, had pushed on to us as children from our parents. And that is huge because everything we do as adults stems from our childhood. So let's not look neglect to remember these things listeners as a a huge backbone for who we are today uh you're i mean in my perspective as a married man how me and my wife interact whether it's for the positive or for the negative in a situation is going to be highly based on our upbringing and we've got to remember to be able to get through those like say for instance it's a hard thing <gasps> oh to be able to get through a hard situation or an argument successfully, you have to be able to remember and bring yourself out of your own emotion in the moment and say, oh, well, she's different than me or, oh, he's different than me because of wh- how he came up, what his parents instilled in him. Mm-hmm. And depending on a lot of factors regarding that, you're going to have uh, some things that run deep, roots that run deep. So that's where we're starting. We're starting at the roots, childhood things that have impacted us for the positive and maybe even for the negative listeners. Again, this is not, we're not sugarcoating anything here. This is value. All right. So Sean, what's something that kind of has stuck with you over the years that you had taking place as as a young Sean? So Something that I have, and I like the way you said positive and negatives, because it is important to not sugarcoat it. It's important to look back on, take lessons learned from the things that our parents did well and the things that they may not have done well. And for me, the the one thing that, that when you, if you were to ask me the like perfect example of your childhood tools of things that your parents did to try and build a family unit was we did daily family dinners. And this was something that my mom was so strict about implementing. It was crazy strict with her. Like you had to sit at the table every single night. We sat down at the table and when phones became a thing, no phones were allowed. Uh, you, you know, I was doing this way before phones were a thing. So <laughs> you, know, you, you had to sit, sit at the table and she would work on dinner and, you know, it wasn't anything extravagant. It was the staples of my household growing up were spaghetti, meatloaf, tacos, uh, uh, cereal sometimes if my mom didn't want to cook, you know, like various things, more yeah. simple meals. Oh, yeah. And and we were required every night you sit down, we'd have a family dinner, and inevitably we end up talking about how school was. How was your day? Tell me about football. Tell me about work. You know, it's my mom and my dad. And we did this, I would say – almost every single day as a kid and it taught me so many different things in that how important it is to make sure you have a routine in the evening to sit down and and have dinner try and have dinner around the same time so that you can you know do dishes and relax you know and also constantly making sure we had you good food uh you know just like the 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 small things make sure you're eating make sure you're eating enough um, but it also showed, you know, like being comfortable sitting down and talking with somebody about how my day was, uh, you know, yeah. oh, I had a rough day today. I failed this test, whatever it was. Like that was a very normal thing mm. growing up, uh, where this kind of shifted. And this is where I'm not going to sugarcoat it, where it kind of shifted and started being kind of a negative thing it, or having a negative aspect to it is when I was a kid up until about, probably about uh, middle school, high school age, you know, every night would sit at the dinner table and you would eat dinner and we would talk to each other. And then as I got older, things shifted to where we would eat in the living room and we would sit and we would watch TV while we'd eat dinner. And what this ended up doing is, is yes, we're still spending time together, kind of. We started losing out on the ability to sit down and talk about Mm. our days because you're now just sitting and watching TV. You don't have to talk about your day. It's just CSI or it's NCIS or whatever it is. And so that's something that I noticed, especially when I got into high school and then into college age when I was, you know, I, I lived at home with my parents while I was in school. And that big thing was it became this segregated unit 
now we were still eating dinner. You know, my mom would still have dinner ready or I would have dinner or my dad would have dinner, but we weren't sitting down as a family unit anymore. And it's something that now that I'm an adult, when I sit down and have dinner with my parents, it's kind of fun sometimes to sit down. And now as I'm 28 years old, talk about how was work, how was life, how was the doctor's office, how was this, how was that? And so it's something that I'm taking forth into my relationships of making sure, you know, that we have a daily dinner, whether sometimes we eat out, sometimes we cook, but having that daily dinner regimen, having the structure, and then trying to communicate with each other while we do this. So this was just one of those things, daily family dinners I grew up with that I will never stop doing. I love that. And I I like what you said. We have this rule with my kids uh, called no toys at the table. Yep. And that's kind of our lingo for nothing but the food and and communication yep and i do think i i agree with you i think it's something it's kind of weird to to develop that uh especially because it's hard with my kids they don't they don't like food a lot of the time mm-hmm. and so it's it can be frustrating and again i think remind even reminding myself in real time to be patient and loving in those moments that's that's huge um and then additionally i think it does it shows you how to grow together even for yourself um being older like me Mm -hmm. and my wife could still be better at communicating uh can use that as an opportunity to communicate and connect with the with the kids and so i like what i like all the things you said there uh mine mine was kind of similar as well as a childhood tool uh, we would do family reading and actually in the moment, both of my tools that I'm going to bring up tonight from my childhood were both kind of when in, in light as, as a child, I had a negative light viewing them uh, <laughs> just because it was so, especially when I got to be like in middle school slash mm-hmm. early high school and I was still having to partake in these. I I'm sure as a young child, I, I, you know, I didn't bother me, but like when you start to have the thing that my dad would do that was so interesting and drove me up a wall into my, uh, you know, early young man, adult life was we, he picked places to read as a family in like the public eye. He'd be Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to go do family reading at the park today. And it's like, dad, that's the neighborhood park. I have friends there. (laughs) Like, I can't just be sitting all together kumbayaing on the mm-hmm. swing set at the and and you know so it's just so funny how and they were not again we're talking like classics like they were okay. not super rip roaring books um at least from my perspective as a young man and also i just don't think i was a big fan of reading in the first place so it just again this is where that patience and that love kind of come out where i needed to understand that more uh and i now i look back and i go wow that was great um but in the moment family reading was could have been a nightmare you got Mm -hmm. like all these different kids spread over 10 years of age gap and people are running around doing you know it's it's very hard to wrangle them but again i think that was one of the main tools it developed was this patience this also just taking a back seat uh and not having life continue like when i really look back at my childhood it's some of the things i value now are taking it taking a calm afternoon and Mm -hmm. and these were some of the moments that showed me no we're not going to have the phones we're not going to have the computer games we're not going to always be like we're just going to sit down read a book together for doing something that's and even at this point this is 10 years ago now but or even more 15 years ago that was not the norm you Mm -hmm. know people didn't it was and that's what i mean by it was kind of embarrassing was people if they saw you sitting around reading a book as a family it was like who are these weirdos (laughs) you know (laughs) yep i can only imagine and i was already weird sean so it didn't help my street cred (laughs) let's just say that so yeah that that's my uh that's my first one that really kind of I think has shaped me and been really good. And I want to continue doing that in my own family. But uh, in the moment, man, not great. 
Well, that's that's a good lesson that you can use moving forward. If if say family reading was something that you wanted to implement, you would be knowledgeable of I don't want to put my kids in this position, so I'm going to find different areas, maybe a little bit more yeah. private. So yeah. like you're that's the key in all of this is learning from what your parents did and using what you liked and leaving what you didn't, and that is totally fine to do. And I think the point of growing up and and having a childhood is using what you they liked and leaving what you didn't yeah i agree so yeah any other tools uh that you well you had that kind of have shaped you yeah just a quick one and this this goes out to parents who have grandparents who aren't living in the same area so i grew up in san diego but my grandparents live all over the country from washington to arkansas to north carolina to texas and so one of the things my parents used to do when it was middle to high school age is they would send my brother and I out to stay with my grandparents in Arkansas every summer. We would do about four to six weeks out there, and then my parents would fly into Arkansas. We'd spend some time with the grandparents, then we'd all go home. And as a kid, honestly, it sucked because uh-huh. it was always really hot. My grandpa is a slave driver, so he loves to, to you know, put you to work when you're out there. And he, uh, you know, it was also the age where me coming into having a girlfriend and having a cell phone and a phone and having no cell service, no internet out there at that time where, you know, I felt so cut off from all of my friends and, and, you know, it was, it sucked as a kid. Now as an adult, all I want to do is just go live on my grandparents' farm for a couple of weeks without a phone. And like, it would be so refreshing. Um, so like I, The big thing, the message I want to send is, yes, it was hard. Yes, you know, I ended up making great memories and I learned how to build a fence and I learned how to mow a bunch of acres and I I knew what it was like to live on a farm. Um, To me, this is a lesson of parents whose grand, you know, your kids' grandparents aren't in the area. Please force your kids to spend time with their grandparents because had my parents not done that, I don't think I would have had a, a the relationship that I have now with my even my grandpa. He and I just talked for an hour a couple of days ago. You're talking about guns and hunting and all kinds of stuff. Uh, he just calls me out of the blue and we just sit down and talk. Had we not done that as kids, there is no way I would have had that that kind of relationship with them. And I think that tying your kids with their grandparents if they're still alive is so crucially important. Of crucially important is so crucial and important to uh build that connection because your grandparents will teach your kids so much from their era and you can as a parent can be the filter on some of it but please force your kids to spend time with their grandparents it would be the greatest thing you've ever done for their development yeah yeah that's huge i mean i i couldn't agree more i mean it's gonna be it's already been such a blessing i i want to get my kids out to see my my their great grandparents this year is kind of the goal we'll see if it if it can take place it's pricey to fly four people across the u.s but i'm we're trying to trying to make that happen so um and yeah i think i also had grandparents that were far away so going to see them was was a very sweet blessing and something i i remember fondly so great sean um, another big one for myself growing up was family meetings and sort of like calendar planning. And again, it was this time for me that was filled with a little bit of stress just, just overall, because it was seven people trying to get together and have a family meeting. And my dad mm-hmm. would always be the one spearheading the, the family meeting time and slash calendar planning. And again, as we got older, it became more and more important, especially the calendar planning. But originally back when I was, you know, 10, between 10 and 15, it was more about the meeting. You mm-hmm. know, what it, where's the family at? And it's kind of like a family check-in. How are we doing? You know, where are we at? Whether you need to talk finances or, I mean, these are all really important things that don't get talked about in between pe- people groups, friend groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we're we're sitting around saying, "Hey, do this. Uh, this is what we did." Or, but I will say now, I'm implementing this very proactively within my own family. And you know, whether it's a usually we do like a once a year financial check in. Uh, we do you know family meetings, calendar planning, 
all the time. It's it's a necessity, especially between where all my family is now. I yeah. I have family in five different time zones now, which is crazy. My <laughs> brother's now in Hong Kong. Yep. So it's just unbelievable kind of, you know, the amount of planning and and intentionality it's taking to maintain that. But I didn't at, at the time I didn't see any value. And now I see a ton of value mm-hmm. from just even having that example. And I think for me, that was the big one here that I I think drives home both of these for me is there was an example that was set and whether or not I thought it was positive in the moment, it has now become something I've held on to. And I and really seen, oh wow, no, there's a reason why you do this. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you would want to do this in your own family. So that's what I'd encourage the listeners out there is what you know, depending on where you are in your journey, maybe you're not looking at anything from your childhood as a as a blessing or that you can learn anything from it. But you never know. I mean, you know, try to switch that perspective and and see you could also grow when you dive into different parts of your family, whether it's starting a new one, beginning one, or you know, some of these intentional moments are can be very important for you. So uh, I think that's where where I'll leave it, Sean. Any anything else? No, I think that's a great way to sum up the childhood tool section. Uh, before we move on to the next section, I just want to say that you know I I appreciate you extending all of these lessons from your childhood, and I know that there's so many other things that we've learned throughout the years that we can implement. We just can't you know pare it down into one episode. So uh, you know we'll have to Impossible. chat more. <laughs> Impossible we'll have to chat more about that. Um, but I, I think it's impre- incredibly important to, like you said, look back at your childhood, find areas in which you can learn from the things that your parents did, your grandparents said, your guardians, wh- whoever you lived with. Look at what they did, whether you liked it or not, and try and see if there's anything you can pull out of it for either your current family, whether you have kids, a significant other, or even let's say you don't have that and you just have friends that are close like family. You could implement a lot of those tools with them as well. I think that this is something that extends beyond more than just your individual family unit. And I, I think that as we continue to talk, we'll also realize more ways that it applies. But I think it's just it's cool to look back in your childhood and see the things that your parents did. These are great. These are great lessons. So let's move on to the our current favorite tools for our own, you know, designing our own family dynamics. So I have one that I have been actually I just just happened again and it's right now one of my favorite tools. It's family road trips. So I was forced as a child to to understand these and I mean we went everywhere. I did cross country <laughs> east to west coast at least four or five times uh and some were brutal. Uh, they're never they're never easy, but they're they're also sprinkled with just joy Mm -hmm. and now being a dad and being able to bring my own children so we're we're now sean knows this but maybe not all the listeners know this i we did live in san diego but now we live in arizona uh and we still have some family in california so we're able to go and spend time as a result of this move We've been able to spend more intentional time on the road together. Mm-hmm. And I love the road because you're forced to talk. You're forced to like detach. And it's just the open road. And a lot of times it's very boring. And that's the thing about the U.S. is it's very beautiful. But there are stretches always, no matter the trip, yep. where there's just a, a swaths of land in our country that we just get to sit and and not really think about anything. Just kind of <laughs> let your mind go numb. Straight up. If anyone's driven the five from Southern California up to Oregon, you know exactly what we're talking about. Two lane road for a hundred miles, just completely dead straight. No turns, no anything. That's right. That's like Your farmland. <laughs> that that is it. Some of the best things in life. So yeah, we just got to do our um we've we've been building up the tolerance, and I think that's what's very cool. The, and why, again, I was so excited about having these trips taking place between California and Arizona because it's five hours to mm-hmm. Phoenix. And that's not bad. That's not a bad road trip. But what it's doing is it's conditioning the kids from an early age. Uh, my kids are three and two years old. 
it's conditioning them from an early age to be comfortable in the car. And that's very yep. important. And I've already seen, again, we just did the Albuquerque, which is closer to seven hours uh, of being in the car. And they did fine. They did Good. totally, totally great. You know, they're able to manage the bathroom situation. They're able to manage uh, the stress of being in the car. And overall, pretty happy travelers. So I think a mix of road trips and also, you know, traveling on the plane when you can afford it are have been great for us. Mm -hmm. And those are, will continue. We're going to Grand Canyon in May. And, I, you know, it's like, so that's a six and a half hour. And I just think, man, what a it's a joyful way to grow as a family and the kids probably don't won't at some point think it's awesome but i can totally see as a parent you are like you are loving it because they're trapped and there's no way out so yep (laughs) i think it's it's great we i didn't do too many family road trips growing up we did a handful we did the one long haul 24 hours straight from san diego to seattle Um, You know, we did a couple out to the desert to go camping, but I think the key here is with road trips, especially when your kids are young and you're trying to make sure that they're having a good time, focus on making the road trip fun. We all know road trips at times can suck, especially if you're in traffic or like those long stretches of road. But if you can make sure that your kids are seeing you as the parent being in a good mood and having fun for the drive, it'll give them such a different understanding of road trips rather than, oh, this sucks and I need to just sit here for hours versus, oh, this is fun. I'm looking at the road, I'm looking at license plates, whatever it is, playing games. Your mindset as a parent will completely change how your views, your children view the road trips. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. And I think, you know, just spending, trying to be loving and joyful in everything we do is always the the number one goal so Mm -hmm. or at least mine i'm always trying to (laughs) code everything with with love and happiness uh and singing kumbaya while reading at the park is my number one (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah what what are some of the things you guys have done sean yeah so you're you're currently yeah they were loving yeah exactly i have two uh one of them is with my family one of them specifically is with kate so The one thing with the family is when in my family, we have my parents, we have my brother and his girlfriend, and we have me and Kate. So we have all six of us together that are that are needing to coordinate schedules. We're needing to say when I'm going to be home, when I'm going to be here, I'm going to be up at Kate's, I'm going to be down here, I'm going to be doing this. Oh, we're going to be in town for a few days. We're bringing the dog down. We've got to put the cat away. Like there's so much information that needs to be passed and everybody needs to be in the know at the same time. And so our most successful tool, and it's like the number one thing I'd recommend is having a group text specifically set aside for the entire group. So all six of us are in this group and it is our way of passing information to each other. We also have smaller subgroups. Like if I just want to talk with my parents or if I just want to talk with my family and leave the significant others out of the picture, like that we have different subgroups, but having this one overarching group text is incredibly helpful. And we even have iPhones and Androids that are doing it successfully. So don't come up, don't tell me you can't do it. Uh, trust me, you can. Um, I just find it incredibly helpful. It's it's fast asked questions, uh, you know, to get some answers. Did I have any mail come in today? You know, just, hey, guys, I had an Amazon box dropped off. Can someone pick it up? It's raining outside. The, the quickest little things and you can pass information really fast. So as a family unit, recommend doing a group text with all of the significant people that count. Um, super helpful. The other thing when I'm just focusing on Kate, and I know that you do something similar, and I'm curious to see your your version of this, John, but something that we do without even talking about it really, but we implement it almost on a daily basis is what I'm calling couch time. And I think this is an incredibly important time for us because it usually involves sitting on the couch watching TV, whether it's Jeopardy or some show on Hulu or Netflix, whatever it is. It's just time to sit on the couch, cuddle, get physical contact, and spend time together. Mm -hmm. In our crazy busy lives, it's too easy to get disconnected from each other. I can't even imagine if you have kids. So I'm curious to hear your aspect of this. But coming from me who doesn't have kids, and I even still, we still struggle sometimes with work and tutoring and everything that we have going on. Podcast. 
podcast. No, no cuddling on podcast night. <laughs> no, no, don't, no. don't even try it. No nope. possible. So, so implementing this intentional time of we're going to sit on the couch, we're going to cuddle, we're going to watch TV, we're going to spend time together has been really crucial for us. It also helps that Kate's love language is physical touch. This is something that we've communicated on. We've worked on a lot in the last few months, actually, of really yeah. sitting down and figuring this out to build uh. a relationship together. But hers is physical touch. So she needs to be able to cuddle and get that to fill her love cup. And so I think this is something we've implemented that has been uber successful. Um, and it's worked for us. I think that you, we man. sometimes fall into the category of what I said my parents did, where we would watch TV and it kind of allowed us too much to feel separated. But we always still focus on that intentionality. And, you know, we recently we watched The Bachelor and it's hysterical because it takes us four hours to get through a two hour show because we constantly keep pausing it and talking about the show. And what do you think about this? And Oh my gosh, she's being absolutely ridiculous. And it's hilarious to do. We, we end up we, a couple of nights ago. We had to come up with a rule. We can only pause once every five minutes because of showtime showtime, five minutes, because we were taking too long to finish the episode. So there's all these things that like, that's crucial relationship building time that you need to be having with your significant other. And so we call it couch time. I know you call it a little something different. So I'm curious. what you guys do. <laughs> I don't even know what I call it. I think I call it <laughs> evening detox uh, after the day of work, but I, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I love that, Sean. I think it's so important. And, and these are really fun, fun times for us to enjoy with our significant others. So it's, it's huge. No matter your flavor that you develop, they're they're really important. Uh, ours is just evening tea time, is I guess what we would call it. But we, from an early point in our marriage, decided we want to just brew some tea, and and get on the couch and enjoy the tea, maybe some chocolate, and and watch something. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, usually our our typical night is actually. It, it has changed, um, but in an ideal world, it's evening tea right into some evening reading. And um, that's been something we've been doing from for a very long time. Now with kids, it's even more important because a lot of times we just don't even want to talk or do anything after mm -hmm. being, you know, running through the gamut of, of kid time. And my wife is an very very introverted person she's like an introvert extrovert it's yep. interesting um so a lot of times you know she's not looking to have a full conversation or really dive into anything too deep and i think mm -hmm. you know finding we have our little show times i'm not a big show watcher but being able to watch shows with her in a very specific time similar to what you're talking about where yeah you're having your own little dialogue we just watched The Mole on Netflix, which was really fun because okay. we were trying to figure out who The Mole was. And 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 it was just a fun experience. It was one of the best show experiences we've had recently where we felt really engaged. And, you know, it really I think what it shows me is just how much we love spending time together. Like it continues mm -hmm. to remind me, oh, wow, I'm really lucky to have somebody that I enjoy spending time with. I don't want to. I just enjoy this person. And I, I've known that since we got married or before marriage, hopefully, you know, before, but I just, you know, whether I, you know, even at the, the, at Ali, my wife's worst, I was, I could still enjoy her. You know, mm -hmm. I could find ways to enjoy her. So I think if you're in the stage of not having somebody looking to finding things that you guys can relate together and do and find out if you actually just enjoy doing the mundane things like couch time or having a beverage and sitting around. If you don't enjoy those things, you're probably not going to go far because this is what life turns into as yep. you, as you age. 90% um, of life is going to be these, these small things <laughs> of going grocery shopping, going to getting gas you know, sitting on a couch, like you, everything comes down to those moments. That's right. Family road trips was my first one. Date nights for all is my second tool. Uh, this is something that my daughter really is looking forward to, which is awesome. Uh, she'll consistently ask, we've gone on one date together, me and my daughter, <laughs> and it was really cute. We have a picture on the on the fridge and she will consistently ask, 
at least once a week. I want to go on another daddy daughter date. So that's you know, awesome. That's, that's like so cute. Yeah, yeah. And she will just bring it up randomly. I want to go on a daddy daughter date. I want to go on another daddy daughter date. Oh, actually, sorry, we've done two because I took her hiking and then we ended up getting. Uh, she got some a little. It was so cute, a little steamed milk at the coffee shop, and she okay. loved it. She sat on my lap <laughs> and was drinking her had a milk mustache. And oh, it that's was just, adorable. Yeah, it was, and the and the people were just getting a kick out of it. Um, so it's just wonderful, right? These are. These are huge things, but for all, like I, t- I need to take son- time with my son. My wife has taken my son out for time with between them. And then additionally, you know, obviously you need to continue. This is the hardest one having date nights with you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. And that is the hardest one because you can't just say, Hey, I'm going to take my daughter out. Can you watch our son or vice versa you have to literally coordinate the sitter and yep. so it's hard it's a hard thing and we've been able to go on a few but definitely listeners value those times that you can have with your significant other before kids is what i would say um, but additionally when you do have kids it doesn't end uh you know these are sweet 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 moments for me to spend time with my children in a one-on-one and and they're so important so, yeah, I would just uh, encourage you wherever you are on your your journey in your family, de- developing your family dynamic. It these are really important times wherever you are, and don't don't devalue them or or belittle them. Enjoy them for what they are when they are, and again, just communicate, be intentional, and love, and things will happen. Maybe you'll have some kids. Who knows? <laughs> Those are my two tools. I think that's that's perfect. The road trips and the date nights for all. I I think that doing the date nights with your kids is is incredibly smart because you know my parents did the date nights with themselves every now and then. My grandma would come over and watch us, and they would go out. Um, but we never, we rarely did anything where it was just one parent with one kid. Um, you know, and I remember even doing that as an adult, thinking about how, how I wish we'd done this as a kid. Um, so I think that's super smart to implement and to anyone out there who has kids highly, highly recommend doing that because coming from someone who didn't do that, I look back and wish I had. So that's fantastic idea. Yeah. And I think there's, there's multiple ways you can go about that Uh, as you age one that I'm looking forward to, and this will be the last thing I say on this, Sean, is I want to do uh, trips with my kids. So if for every major milestone, uh, and I don't know where it's going to be yet. I know for sure at 13 years old, they will do a major trip to somewhere of their choice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe my choice, but it'll be somewhere that's very iconic and very important in either our country's history. And it'll just be a time with dad and, and that child. So. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. What were you going to say? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, it was just all all really, really good stuff. And uh, I'm glad we're doing this. And so I wanted to move into our current tool belt objectives. And this is something we've talked about before. This is something that we want to work on. We we don't have it really in our tool belt right now. And we're working on getting there. And John and I, after talking, actually basically realized both of us have the same goal that we're trying to work on. And for me, it's building in family physical activities. And I think John, you're, you're the same, right? You're looking yeah, at doing yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So this is something that I've, as I'm now older and I'm seeing my parents and some of the stuff that they're struggling with, they're, they're, you know, I don't want to say, you know, like lack of abilities in terms of physical fitness or their, their current weight and things like that. And I see them struggling to get, try and get motivated and try and get active. You know, I think that the number one thing to keep yourself motivated is to have somebody to do with, you know, I, I haven't, I don't think I've told you this, John, but in the last month I've lost almost 20 pounds uh, doing doing all of the the work. You're killing it. I'm I'm working really, really hard on this and I'm seeing even my little bit of win spark 
my parents and do the same thing. My dad's been riding his bike every day and my mom's been trying to get exercise. And so what I want to do is have this family physical activity time. My brother and I have done it a little bit where we've done some hikes here and there, but we haven't made it a consistent thing. But I want to do some sort of physical activity and whether it's take the dog out, we're all going to do a mile walk, let's go, or we're all going to go on a hike today, or we're going to go grab a bike, we're going to go biking, you know, whatever it is, this is something I want to do with my, myself, my significant other, my brother, his significant other, and my parents as they're getting older, and trying to keep all of us active and healthy and working towards this goal of feeling better, and, you know, being more physically fit. Um, that's something wow. that I'm trying to implement right now. And I really, I really want to work on it. We have to coordinate everybody and that's the tough part. Um, but I think it's possible. So that that's, that's my tool belt objective right now. That's so awesome. Well, congratulations first and foremost on the, on the huge win. That's huge. And I've seen you continue to push as you know, throughout this 55 episodes, we've been talking transparently about our, some of our struggles and the things we're working on and, you know, it's been really cool to see you continue to grab the bull by the horns, whether it's from nutrition to physical activity and being consistent and finding things that you like to do. And I think that's huge for for this process of developing family physical activities. And and for me, I think it's starting with my kids at a young age. I want to instill in them yep. a a enjoyment because I think it is possible. That's the thing is when if you start people at a young age with fitness and they start to understand what it does for your body, Mm -hmm. they're more likely to continue on into their adulthood. And they don't even realize why, like, I don't realize why I like fitness. It's probably just because I did it for every, you know, practically my entire life. Yep. And coming up from a kid whose parents didn't do that, I, I struggle with having that, that motivation just to get fit, work out, do that things. And I wish my parents had, pushed me and my brother to be more active when we were kids, because I feel like it would have set us up for a lot less health issues as we got Mm. older. And so I think it's brilliant to get your kids into it when they're young, because they'll start to realize all of the benefits, uh, the fact that it it really is easier than they think it is easier, uh, or it is, it is better. You'll feel better about yourself and, and all that you'll feel better physically. I think instilling that young is super key. Well, and we'll see how I have a couple goals. And one of the things I think there's two that I really want to drive right now that I'm pushing for. And one is the bike riding. So I have both my kids have balanced bikes right now and we're, yeah. we're taking them out. Um, and then two is the hiking because I just think it's so simple and it's really like the gateway to like being a naturalist and, and understanding the, the beauty that is out there. Mm-hmm. But too, like the pushing your body in a way that's different than than just walking on the sidewalk. And yep. when you understand hiking, you understand how to just use your body in almost every activity better. That's how I feel. I'm probably super biased, but I can run down a trail faster than most people that I know. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I've been doing it for such a long time and I understand the terrain. And yep. I've always been one to, from a young age, like, that's what we would do as, as a family. Me and my dad and my sister would, at the end of a hike, run down the mountain as fast as we could. That's awesome. Because that was what we did. We just, you, especially like sometimes, it would depend on when it would happen. Like sometimes it was the last mile. Sometimes it was the last couple miles. But my dad was, and I will say this, hats off to him, was the biggest child at heart when it came to hiking. <laughs> and we would just get into silly things that you would never think you should be getting into like, mm-hmm. why are we on the trail at this time? Like we're on the trail at pitch black and we have nothing. Why are we doing this? <laughs> and then, you know, just like running full, I mean, full speed down the trail. I don't see any grown men doing that. Agreed. Ever now. But like my dad was that guy who should literally just, I'd be like, dad, whoa, like, <laughs> you know, like he would just leave me in the dust and mm-hmm. people just, they don't do that to their kids. So, um, yeah, these are things that have stuck with me and I want to continue because it's just so much fun. I mean, I'm good at mountain biking because I understand mm-hmm. trail, like what's happening in terrain. I can read the mountain. 
And that is what this really did for me. And my friends, when I got my mountain bike for the first time or went the first time I mountain bike, my friends were going, how in the, like, how do you, what is going on? And it was literally just, I can read at a faster pace than mm-hmm. other people are used to. Cause like, that's the thing about mountain biking. You're going down these trails at, yep. you know, 10 to 15 miles per hour. If you don't have experience, like seeing that it can be really dangerous because mm-hmm. Agreed. you, yeah. Like, yeah, you're not used to that kind of speed and the terrain, but I, I've been doing that since a young kid. It's like, Mm -hmm. man, I want, I want my children to understand this. So my goal is for every year that they age, they'll do, they'll add a mile on in hiking. So my daughter's three, she's done three miles, her own power. My son's two, he's done two miles, his own power. And every year I'm going to add one. But if you, when they get to 10, Dude, they're going to be swinging, right? They're yeah, going to be 100%. killer hikers. So that's that's my goal. And I heard that from another parent. And uh, I forget. I, I don't shout out to you. Uh, but that's that's what I want to do. So, yeah. Good luck on your adventure. We'll, we'll continue to talk about this. Physical activities are something we always bring up here. But let's dive into our all-time favorite tools to end out the show tonight. Um I'm, I guess I'll just start off with mine. Um, this is something I've been doing since I got married and it's called my check-ins with, with wifey, but it's, it's something that as a married couple, if you're not intent, and I mean like nothing, you can't have any, it's not, it's different than evening detox time, mm-hmm. whether, whatever form that takes. This is, this is literally like, Hey, we're gonna, we're not gonna pull any punches. Am I? How are we doing? Mm-hmm. Am I? Am I treating you with respect? Do you feel respected? Do you feel loved? Do you like these? Are, this is the hard question time. Yep. Like, and you better be willing. This is the thing with regards to this. What what we do is like, you better be willing to hear the hard stuff back. It's not just you asking yep. questions and and expecting them to say like, oh, everything's great. Oh yeah, we're so good. You could very well hear it. No, honestly, right now you're you're kind of sucking. So let's yeah. let's get it let's get it together. We need to work together a little bit. Now again, hopefully coming out of it, you're you're encouraged and you feel okay. Now we can tackle the things that haven't been going very well. But yeah, I mean that's what it in in my perspective with our relationship. That's what it's taken is we've had to have very real conversations about how we need to improve how we can do better because you always can don't Mm -hmm. don't yep let's not again we're not we're done improving (laughs) we're not pulling any punches here tonight we said it at the beginning i'm not a perfect person my wife is not a perfect person so having these times where we can just be willing and intimate and they're hard this Mm -hmm. is hard this is like a once once a week when, when things are rough or to, you know, like once a month, if things are going pretty well, but you know, you really need to be intentional again, intentional about the process of knowing your wife or your significant other, what if you're not married yet and being able to say, okay, we need to have a sit down. Mm -hmm. We need to go deep here, dig deep and, and be willing to hear, Hey, this is where you can do better for me. Yeah. And there's not really much more to that. I mean, that no. is, I will say to the in. listeners, this is probably the most crucial piece of advice that I've ever heard for a successful relationship. I think that these check-ins are, you can't survive without doing some version of this check-in. I think it's brilliant the way that you've explained this, John, because this is something that a lot of people struggle with is we just like, oh, you're good. You're good. Okay. We're good. Um, rather than these, you know, having the, the tough conversations, you know, Kate and I recently went through this a few months ago of needing to sit down and, and buckle some of this stuff out. And you know, we're considerably stronger than we mm-hmm. were, you know, before that. And it's, it's these, this stuff is, is important. Um, we don't do it as regularly as it sounds like you guys do. So it's something we'll have to, to bring in. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's been kind of our bread and butter for 
maintaining because as mm-hmm. as you get more and more stress, more and more bills, more and more life, uh, it's it's a crucial. It has been a crucial thing for us. So yeah, I mean, I recommend anybody at least giving it a try and trying to find your flavor. Again, this is not. You could call it whatever you want, and you can. But it does come down to just being willing to ask some tough questions. And a lot of times, from the from my perspective, as being the husband, I have to be the one to initiate. Um, and that's not just because I'm who I am; it's because that's who my wife is. Mm-hmm. So it could, again, the role may be reversed in your relationship. I don't know what your relationship is like, Sean. I don't know what the listeners' relationships. I'd imagine that. There's always somebody who's maybe a little bit more introverted and mm-hmm. you need to kind of meet that person. And yep. I find that that's what I have to do and and kind of buck up to the to the plate there and say, OK, uh, so I can tell there's some stuff that's simmering and uh, I have a feeling that I'm the cause of that. So let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yep, I have been there. Yeah, it is important to to recognize if you are the more extroverted one or the one who has a little bit more experience with these tools or anything else to be the one that's, you know, you got to step up, you got to say something and you got to figure it out. Yeah. And to, in today's landscape, like you said, Sean, I think that's important too. what you said regarding people don't like to really, especially if this is a young relationship, mm-hmm. there, there's not much stake in the game. So why would I start doing this? Yep. But what I'd say listeners is, if you value the person, if you genuinely are looking to that person with intentionality and love, which you should be, just say it right up front, uh, then, or you shouldn't be with them. Let's just be real. If if you are, then start these things early and often, and it's going to be a lot better for you. It's awkward at first. It's always awkward when you have to realize you're not perfect. Yep. But that's my uh, all-time favorite tool. I'll keep it going. I'll I think that sharpening the sword. I think that's fantastic. Um, I will definitely be implementing that more. My all-time favorite tool is something that has been very useful for my entire family, especially like we were talking about with the group chat, where we have a lot of people that are now playing in on what we're doing, especially with we've got to coordinate, you know, family pets, and you know, because a dog and a cat can't be together, so you got to segregate them and all of that stuff as we move around in different homes. And so uh, mine is simply, it, it kind of goes to what you had talked about when you were a kid, but it's mine is a lot easier for me now that we're all adults. We have a shared family Google calendar. This is something that has become very important for us. We all have it on our phones and we all can add to it anytime. And I have on there nights I'm doing podcasts. I have times on there when, hey, Kate and I are going to be down here or I'm going to be up there or we're going to be out of town. Here's our hotel information where we're going to be staying. We're doing a road trip. If you run out of signal, this is where we're going. All of those things you're able to jot down in your Google calendar and anyone at any point can pull it up on their phone, on a computer or anything, or print it out if they wanted to. Um, This has been super crucial, especially because my mom seems to have crap memory. (laughs) Um, She tends to get distracted and I think forgets when you're having conversations with her. And so it helps to write the stuff down for to come up with the exact dates of when things are going to be impacting the family or, you know, whatever it is. So really easy. You can go to Google Calendar. There's so many forums on how to do it. Just create a shared calendar. Um, Even my parents who didn't have Gmail accounts are able to access it through their other personal emails, whether it's through Roadrunner or AOL or whatever they may have. Uh, They could, yeah, they can access the Google Calendar. So it's, it is super helpful to, to that. It has that functionality. So I would recommend if you've got multiple people trying to align schedules to use a, a, a shared family Google calendar. Just It I just takes one person that. to set it up with the Gmail and then anyone else can access it. No, that's so good. And I think, you know, I think we've really covered the, the spectrum here tonight between some really tough tools and then some really practical tools mm-hmm. you can put in place to develop a successful family dynamic. And again, whatever stage in life you're in, I think you can definitely take these things and implement them. And that's what we really tried to do, listeners. If you feel that we missed something, please send us a line at our Gmail account. Uh, we want to hear your perspectives, your tools that you've... There's no way that we... that That's the beauty of this world. 
we can't cover everything and we didn't get every every flavor in our childhoods so yep. share with us what some of the things that have really shaped your lives we're always all ears and it'll probably my guess is the more sean and i learn about the listeners the better we'll be able to tailor our content so yes we we really hope that you've been seeing value you've been getting value out of these tools uh our our tools series that we've been bringing to you over the first quarter here uh we've got a lot more to come this is just the beginning you know we've had a a great start to the year we're really happy with 55 stellar episodes sean thanks for being uh willing to to go through the gamut with me i mean this has been a tool in my life that has continued to bring me joy and help me to to break down you know what there's something freeing to communication and so sean and i have been intentional in in our communication on this podcast but in your relationships listeners be, be intentional and, and drive the communication home. If you break down every single one of these tools that we talked about tonight, everyone had communication in it in some form. And exactly. that's the most important thing here. So be intentional, communicate, remember to love, and be patient, and you will go far. You'll be able to hobby better, do better at work, and overall just feel better. I feel great right now, Sean. How do you feel? I feel also real great. <laughs> so this is this is it. I mean, we really hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Sean, thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Sean Power. Sean Bennett, my lovely co-host. We're going to close it down tonight. Keep the dial tuned to, platform, to our platform here that we're continuing to grow out. And we thank you for listening. Tune in every Friday. And you know where to find us at the How to Hobby Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Hobby Podcast. We hope you enjoyed what you've heard. And if you did, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review and or follow us wherever you digest your podcast. We'll catch you next time. And wherever you are, we wish you the best. Thanks for listening.